0: Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland.
1: On this episode, many farmers have diversified their operations, but one particular farm southwest of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, has several revenue streams, including crops, livestock part ownership in a restaurant and operating a summer day camp for elementary school students. Arlie LaRoche is the owner-operator of Farm 140 Then she will share more about the farm and its various ventures. Does Saskatchewan have the ability to support its own meatpacking plant? A report was discussed at the recent Saskatchewan Stock Growers Convention. Beef industry consultant and report co-author Willie Van Solkema says that there are many variables and challenges in setting up a new beef processing plant. But he believes the challenges can be overcome, but determining the actual size of the facility is still the big question mark. After the break... Arlie LaRoche.
0: Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane.
1: A farm in the Vanscoy area southwest of Saskatoon has several revenue streams. And this is a very busy Arlie LaRoche, uh, the owner and operator of Farm 140. Arlie, tell us about your operation.
0: So we're a pretty small farm by Saskatchewan standards. We just have like about 25 cow-calf pairs, but we finish our cattle here. So we always have a couple years worth of calves on the ground. And then we have about 40 breeding ewes, which translates to about 70, 80 lambs in a season. And then we usually have somewhere between 15 to 40 pigs on the go at any given time. And then we just have some, my kids, honestly, it's their hobby laying flock of chickens.
1: So are they free range animals, pigs and chickens? Yeah, the pigs have a big six
0: acre paddock that we rotate them through because pigs are rototillers. So we have to move them so that they don't totally destroy the soil, but uh, they have a big space and then the chickens are always outside as well. I do most of the day-to-day operations of the animals. There's somebody that manages the garden here. Her name is Julie Maxwell, and she does the big garden. And uh, someone else takes care of the honeybees. And he used to have honeybees in the city, so he takes care of them. And then we have business partners that run the restaurant. So my role in the restaurant is to just supply them with the product. Cows and sheep are 100% grass-fed and finished. So they're eating pasture in the summer. And then we do have a bit of land out by Waka, by my in-laws' place. And that's where we put up our hay. So we just transport our hay from that farm here for the winter. And then at that same farm near Waka, my husband grows a little bit of cereal crops. So that's where we grow the grain for the pigs and chickens.
1: Arlie, tell us about uh, your three kids' camps that you have running this summer. They're a pretty fun
0: way for kids to spend a week in the summer. It's just four-day camps that they come for the day and go home each night, and they get to learn a little bit about the workings of a, a livestock farm. Usually when they first get here, they just do some game or some craft to just kind of wake up a little bit, I guess. Each day I take them for about an hour and we have an animal focus session. So each day of the week, we're going to focus on a different animal. We have four types of animals here and there's four days of camp. So it works out just right like that. And then they might have some playtime, maybe another different craft. And then we usually have a garden focus hour with that Julie Maxwell that I mentioned. Uh, She'll take them and talk to them about all things gardening and then just some more games and we're always going out onto the farm and walking around and seeing the different animals and where they live, feeding them and that kind of thing. There's actually someone that's been with me since the beginning of this idea of the farm camp is a teacher from the Vanskoy School, Kathy Spence. So she was one of my kids' favorite teachers while they were going to school in Vanskoy. And I just realized early on that I should have a partner because I didn't really have the time or necessarily the skill set to be teaching these kids every day. So I brought in Kathy Spence, and she's a lovely teacher, and she gets kids. This is the age group that she normally teaches in Vanskoy, so She totally understands them and they love her, so she's been a great person to have on board.
1: Now, would you say that most of the kids come from Saskatoon? I would say, yeah,
0: a good deal of them come from Saskatoon. We have some kids from the area as well, but a lot of the people from Saskatoon really like the idea of the experience because it's just hard to get your kids out on a farm these days It's just less and less common to have a family member or a friend that owns and operates a farm. So this is a great way to get those kids that maybe otherwise wouldn't have that experience.
1: So other than it being an additional revenue stream, why do you think it's important to have the young people at your farm? I
0: just really love to see the look on their face when I show them, say, a patch of asparagus and they have never seen asparagus growing and I can just see the wheels turning and they have these aha moments where, you know, they're seeing where their food comes from. And I just think that's so important. Everybody eats every day. And I think it's a really valuable thing to understand where that food is coming from and just give them access to being around animals, being outside every day and getting their hands dirty. They love the animals. And then the other thing that, so we asked them at the end of the week last year what their favourite part was, and the animals came up very, very commonly. And then the other thing that was a big hit was that the head chef from Odla, my business partner Scott Dix, he comes out on the last day and he does a cooking demonstration with the kids, and he makes some tacos, and that was a big hit too. And are you booked up for the summer? Actually, we still have a little bit of space available. So, yeah, if you're interested, you can go to our website, which is farm140.ca, and on the events page, that's where you can sign your
1: kids up for one of the weeks. Arlie LaRoche is the owner-operator of Farm 140 near Vanscoy. They will be running three camps this summer for kids between the ages of 7 and 10. The dates are July 11th to 14th, July 18th to 20th, and August 8th to 11th. After the break, beef industry consultant Willie Van Solkema will discuss whether it's viable for a beef packing plant to be built in Saskatchewan.
0: Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane.
1: A recent report investigated whether Saskatchewan can support its own beef packing plant beef industry consultant and report co-author Willie Van Solkema says it is possible. So Willie, uh, you were part of this process. Maybe start off by explaining exactly what your task was.
2: Our report is more to give uh, the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association a roadmap so that they can look at all the different variables involved in a beef processing facility. Uh, We look at the opportunities that Saskatchewan presents for such a facility, plus the challenges of putting a facility in that area. The report will not definitively describe whether you should or you shouldn't, because that's going to be the the decision of whoever wants to build a plant. But like I said, it's it's to define the areas that any potential owner of a facility should look at before they sign on the dotted line and build that type of a facility.
1: So, after the work that was done, can those challenges be overcome? I believe they can. I mean,
2: the, the 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 strongest opportunity that Saskatchewan has is they have a very robust cattle industry. So, the cattle, the required number of cattle to build a beef processing facility are in Saskatchewan. Unfortunately, there's No facility to value add those animals, and most of them leave the province, mostly to Alberta, to get fed or slaughtered in the case of cows. And I know that there's a number of animals that also go south for processing. So that, to me, is the biggest opportunity. You have the raw material supply, and quite frankly, Saskatchewan probably should have a homegrown processing business to process those cattle that they have.
1: Now, there have been plants in the province in the past and they either move out of the province or need government support. So you still believe a major beef plant can make a go of it?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, there again, part of the challenge is going to be what is the optimal size? You know, we're going to throw out some different options for um, a potential owner to look at. In my assessment, uh, I don't believe... You're looking at the plant size like they have in Alberta, you know, the High River plant and the, and the Brooks plant. I mean, those are well over 4,000 head per day. So I think you're looking at something a little smaller, potentially, uh, does some more niche marketing. But the other challenge you've got is that whatever you, you know, if you put a plant in of a certain size, you do have to find other markets than Saskatchewan to move that product. So you will be in competition to a degree with the bigger guys. So, you know, there again, I don't think you want to face them head head on because their cost structure will be far better than, than a smaller facility, but you do have the option of niche marketing and, and adding some value where the big guys can't.
1: So how many head would you suggest well, uh, <laughs> that's a tough question
2: to answer, quite frankly. I mean, you've had facilities in Saskatchewan that are smaller. Um, the small one uh, that was, you know, roughly topped out at about 150 head. The old moose jaw plant was doing, uh, you know, roughly a 1,000 to 1,200. I'm going to tell you it's going to be somewhere in between there. I wouldn't go too small and... And I think initially you have to be smaller than the 1,200, not saying that in several years' time that
1: you can't get to that type of facilities. Beef industry consultant Willie Van Solkema. This is the Agriculture News in Review for the week of June 27, 2022. Ceres Global Ag announced it has suspended its plans to build a canola crush plant and refinery along the Canada-U.S. border at Northgate. The company said it decided to halt the project due to a variety of reasons, including, but not limited to, inflationary pressures resulting in higher costs than initially projected. Originally announced in May 2021 with an estimated price tag of $350 million U.S., the series canola processing facility was intended to process 1.2 million tons of canola each year and producing more than 500,000 tons of canola oil. Unlike the other crush plants in Western Canada, the facility's direct access across the border was seen as an opportunity for both originating canola from the U.S. and for shipping processed oil and meal directly to U.S. markets or U.S. ports. Ceres is headquartered in Minneapolis and operates 13 locations across Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario and Minnesota. BASF said that emergence issues were being reported in Western Canada with certain InVigor canola hybrids. Alberta Seed Guide reported the information was received in an email from BASF on June 27. The statement noted certain invigor canola hybrids may be encountering various challenges that could be hindering crop establishment this season in select geographies across western Canada. BASF also said they have created a dedicated team to examine possible contributing factors and will be providing more information regarding its review. The Trudeau government is responding to a request from Ukraine to beef up grain storage. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said $50 million will help prevent grain in Ukraine from going to waste. Ukraine is facing a shortage of storage facilities for the grain crop year due to the Russian invasion. Ukraine's agriculture minister told Reuters in the fall when the corn harvest is over, the shortage of capacity could reach up to 15 million tons. It did not specify which storage facilities Ukraine would receive. The agri-food system provides one in nine jobs in Canada, so the federal government has launched consultations to create a national agricultural labour strategy. Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bebo said a number of areas of focus have been identified, including targeted skills development and training, employment incentives and improved working conditions and benefits to recruit and retain workers. The online consultation will be open until September 28th. Canadian Canola Growers Association said a recent change to the Advanced Payments Program could save farmers who use the program up to $5,500 in interest costs over the next two years. The interest-free portion of a cash advance will increase from $100,000 to $250,000 for the 2022 and 2023 program years. CCGA's Dave Gallant said the change took effect on June 20th, and farmers, both those who have already had their 2022 cash advance along with those who will apply this year, can benefit. Through CCGA, farmers can access advances on over 50 commodities including crops, livestock and honey. The interest-bearing portion is charged on an interest rate of prime less 0.75%.